Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. It's a Roscoe and Rocket episode today. He's not too far away, the man. Let's bring him in after the uh, theme tune. Welcome back. Rocket, my good man, how are you? Welcome back to a Roscoe and Rocket episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. You well, mate? I'm here. I'm very good. I've been uh, quite busy today at work. I've had um, headphones on. I've been binging lots of um, the, uh, the master, Mental Mastery uh, podcast today. So just uh, trying to get my breathing and um, breathing right. Uh, while I've been working, so it's been good fun. We'll come back and talk to that in a second, but I just was—I had to stop myself laughing there while we played the intro. So I haven't pre, you know, pre-mixed the the music; it just all happens in the in the machine there. But in the haste to get to your rocket, uh, I was laughing at myself because I, I I I must have been channeling my inner DJ or something like that. You know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just laughing at myself, Rocket. Uh, it's late. <laughs> it is it is late. Um, and I apologise if, if you are listening and thinking, what the hell is he going on about sounding like a DJ? Anyway, um, thanks for coming back. Yeah, the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, if I can talk about that and another project which uh, Jamie is involved with, um, it would be it would be great if you can indulge me for a sec. So the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, if you have listened to this before and listened to us, you know that I'm involved in that. I'm the co-host of that podcast with Jamie Glazier, who is – the mental golf performance coach of a number of elite players around the world and elite amateurs. You know, his stable, if you don't know, is Lucas Herbert, Ryan Ruffles, Johnny Ruiz on the McKenzie Tour, um, Casey Hardy and a handful of guys in the States, also Gabby Ruffles and, and some other elite amateurs. Does some great work. And Jamie and I started the podcast a while ago. Well, the current times have sort of made things change for a lot of us, a lot of people, and Jamie's no different. He's moved up to Queensland and you know he's moved away from his training base where you could do individual work with clients at Royal Melbourne, etc. Just re-establishing up there, got sort of stuck in Queensland and, and has ended up moving there. Well, the last couple of weeks, Jamie's been beavering away and building an online training academy. So what that means is that people will be able to access, you know, tall level mental performance knowledge geared towards the everyday golfer, club golfer, like you and I, Rocket, online wonderfully affordable prices at an easily to con- and a convenient way of downloading it you know jumping onto a and it's called the insight golf academy insight with a i-n-c-i-t-e so his methodology behind the name is to incite change to you know incite people and inspire people to do something different so the insight golf academy has a free course that you can go and do it's on teachable so if you just go I'll put, the, I'll put the link in the show notes if anyone wants to, to check it out. But there is a very short and very easy to digest sh- free course that you can see and get an idea of what is available to you from a mental mastery perspective. And I think if you just watch those eight videos that are up there, you will see the opportunity to improve your game by understanding some of these concepts. And in the fullness of time, Jamie will roll out his programs on this pro- on this uh, platform and you'll be able to play and just download it and watch it and learn and engage and do all that. And, uh, you yeah, know, I've been helping him a little bit with uh, some of the, the behind the scenes with that just to give him a bit, a bit of an idea. And 
it looks great and I've been really excited to do that. So just that's my little you know community service announcement for our good mate, uh, Jamie Glazier, launching the Insight Golf Academy. By the sounds of it, it's going to roll out and be a very solid program with hopefully not only mental performance programs for golfers, but maybe some strength and conditioning programs, maybe some yoga type programs, maybe some other golf specific related programs, maybe not necessarily always geared around coaching and the swing because there's a lot of stuff around the swing, but that holistic approach to the other part of golf learning, I don't think there's too much online that does a lot of it. And and this is one way, you know, in the modern day of learning where we're all sitting at home behind computers doing Zooms and, and training online. This is right in the sweet spot of that. So anyway, Rocket, I look forward to you joining up and giving us a digestion of the Insight Golf Academy when it happens. Now, back to regular programming. Wouldn't be regular programming without this. Mate, we've had you on the sidelines for a little bit, and I apologise because it's been very busy with uh, My Love of Golf interview podcasts and a lot happening there. But how have you been, mate? You've been good. There's a lot of happening, a lot to talk about. Yes, lots happening, and um, and Jamie being stuck in Queensland, in Queensland, and uh, during these uh, current uh, climate and environment, being in Queensland is not being stuck. That's being lucky. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, enough said about that. Everyone knows that we're in Victoria, and we're you know <laughs> we're, we're 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 in the you know JLS type curfew. But anyway, not, sooner we're out of it, the better. But um, yeah, what's been happening? Uh, besides feeling like I'm in a groundhog day and getting up and, and doing work. The only thing that has kept me sort of sane has been a lot of the golf over the last month and it's been a very, very exciting, all the different events because we've got the you know, the playoff series running up to the, you know, the Tour Championship, which is next week. Um, we've had some amazing stories in some of those events Um Amazing stories, even on over in Europe on the women's tour. So the women's British Open, uh, or the Open Championship, and um, and just still more Bryson stories. So you know, it's just chock a block full of excitement every week. So since you and I caught up, we had the women's Open at Royal Troon. We had the Northern yes. Trust at TPC Boston. We had the BMW just finished uh, yesterday morning our time at Olympia Fields, and we had the Wyndham at Sedgefield. The Wyndham, okay, I forgot about the Wyndham. The the Women's Open for me, I, I watched quite a bit of that. Royal Troon is, uh, the listeners know, you know, was where I experienced my first ever Open um, and first ever major and only ever major to date and it was a wonderful experience. It was the Stenson, uh, Phil Mickelson, just absolute ding dang do of a golf match but so that's a, that's, that was a sword fight yeah it was great but Royal Troon will always have that special place for me so naturally I was going to stay up to the um you know un circadian rhythm hours which I'm still suffering the you know <laughs> poor circadian rhythms of uh lockdown to watch Royal Troon and I I'm a I'm a fan of watching I don't watch enough of the the women play golf and there's probably not enough on TV, but you know, that Scottish open uh, that we talked about and then the the women's open, I just loved it. I love watching the girls play. Yeah. There's a few little bits of things going around about slow play. We talked about that, about the Scottish, but it didn't, didn't seem to be as prevalent at the open, but uh, I love that course is just 
I haven't played it, but I just want to go and play it. And it was great to see professional golfers and the girls playing on that course. And, you know, they got everything. They got some decent weather. They got some rubbish weather. But the, obviously the big story was the, the young German girl, Sophia Popov, winning. Um, yeah. You know, almost gave the, the game away. Um, you know, wasn't sure that she was going to play. Had been toiling away on. Well, sorry. well actually, if well, actually, if um, all the stuff around the impact of um, COVID globally didn't occur, based on normal um, criteria, she wouldn't have been in the field. And now she's a major champion. Yep, unbelievable story. Unbelievable yeah. story. And then what? What makes it better is you know she. It wasn't one of those come from behind or someone's collapse. Like she had a lead on Saturday, she maintained it and she just kept it. And then even though she had a few wobbles on the Sunday, you know, she had a couple of real couple of, you know, I think she bogeyed a couple in a row and then, you know, actually knuckled down and bounced back and just maintained it and just kept playing all the way through to the end. And even to, even to the, the way she played the last hole, um, you know, she was not treating, you know, I think she had a four-shot lead going to the last hole. She d- did not treat it as if she had a four-shot lead. She was like, I'm just trying to make sure that I don't make, I, I don't do a Jean Vanderveld. And it was. It was just she, she played that thing right through to the end and she was a deserving winner. Um and it was just uh, just an amazing story of just perseverance and, you know, making the most of the opportunities when they present themselves. And, you know, there's a lot of people talk about, um, you know, not giving up and stuff like that. But, you know, they're, they're, sometimes in those, those stories, there's, you know, there's plenty of stories where people would have given up by now. And she just happened to be one of those few, those unique ones that, just got the, an opportunity at the right time and something has clicked in her game, potentially mentally, right? She might have been thinking. It might have been that whole, um, you know, she's freed herself up from all the stress thinking, do you know what, I'm, this is probably the last tournament I'm going to play. And and she's just left it all out there. And, and, and look what happens, right? So, and it was just an amazing story. Um, and it should be celebrated. No, it was great, and I also enjoyed a lot watching um, Minji Lee. Unfortunately, actually, she didn't... Was, actually, the other thing that was great to see Lydia Ko actually um, contending again. You know, she had the, the, the week before, she had that really horrible collapse in the tournament in um, Ohio where she had like a five-shot lead with um, about... She had a four-shot lead with about four to play, and she's like, just... Just, uh, I don't know what happened, but it was just a horrible, it was a horrible experience. And she's really circumspect about it. And I think she was just had a really good attitude about it. But the fact that she was in there again, even during that open, um, and you know, she, she's just a phenomenal player, and it'd be just good to see her. Yeah, yeah, she's she's close to a win. She's 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 not far away. She's not close. I think, you know, it's, it's clear with Lydia Coe, she's still got 
obviously age on her side. She's still got talent on her side. She's not lost the ability to golf a ball. And, you know, she seems to be in a far better, um, more grounded mental base from what we read. You know, obviously we don't know her and we can't talk to her directly, but uh, she seems to be in a, in a far more accepting position of where her golf's at. And, you know, that can only lead to, to better play. And it might not be tomorrow, it might not be next round, but I think when we look back in a year's time, we'll probably be talking about Lydia Coe as having performed sustainably at a higher level, maybe even one, maybe even one a couple of times. So, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. As I was saying before, Minji Lee, it was great to see Minji. She'll, Minji Lee will, will win something absolutely. Once again, talent abounds, yeah. youth abounds, um, just a great beautiful golfer to watch, you know, the way she, yeah, she's just really, really one of the best ball strikers on the women's tour. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the composure of, of these, these guys is just phenomenal. There was something controversial out of the open that, um, was talked about on the other podcast. Sorry. The exemption. No, it wasn't the exemption. It was, it was something that happened. Well, exemptions, exemption. Oh, the the Lexi Thompson. The the, the exemption that might have appeared to some, the exemption of having to abide by the rules of golf, Rocket, maybe. Uh, uh, So let's cover the Lexi Thompson thing. Well, Rocket, I was as surprised as anyone to to see it happen. And I, I guess it's old news now, but for her to, as I suggested, not be, you know, you mentioned exemption, be exempt from the rules. It was, wasn't a good look. And the commentators, actually, I was most disappointed with the commentary not really picking it up when they did focus in on it. She moved the grass. She tried to, she tried to improve her lie. Yeah, she pushed the grass away. Now, you, you see your playing partner do that on the weekend. You're not, you're not very happy with them. But from what I can gather... Well, we've already seen Patrick, my, my mate Patrick Reid do it plenty of times, and we know... Yeah, well... You know, you you don't have to go too far back into many podcasts to to you know, get a listen to, to those sorts of stories. But um, essentially, you know, in a long story short, it was deemed that she didn't get an advantage from pushing the grass away because the grass went back to its position that it was in before she tried to push the grass away. So the wind, the wind, it would appear to the naked eye, the wind blew the grass back into the original position. She hit it, made a shot, didn't get an improvement in the lie, so no penalty after prodding lucky. after prodding it's at the grass. It's borderline. So um, that was a strange one for me, but anyway, it happened, and uh, you know that sort of stuff does happen in the in the in the game. And if you want to know more about the rules of golf, jump over to the Golf Rules Questions podcast with uh, Blakey and Roscoe. There you go. There's a plug. There's this is there's no money involved in any of this. That's a, a free plug for another podcast. There we go. So mate, um, let's let's go straight into the next the, the next big three. The Northern Trust, Dustin Johnson, what a winner! Your man's got some form. Number one. Northern Trust, he tore it, tore it apart. He, he won by 11, destroyed the field, absolutely destroyed the field. Um, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, we're on fifty on 56 watch, you know, he was like 11 under after 12. No, he was 10 under after about 11 holes. And, you know, the last seven holes, last seven or eight holes were actually – some of the easy ones on the course, and you're thinking, you know, the way he was playing, you know, he could have picked up at least another two or three shots there. So, um, and again, he parred out, shot 60. And then the same day, you know, Scott Scheffler shot 59. 
And um, it's just funny, the reaction, right? You've got the difference between the two players. You've got Scotty Sheffler, who's just really pumped about shooting 59. You know, he's a young guy on tour and obviously putting himself into a position. And, um, and yeah, Dustin, in the, in the, in the interview, post-round, they go, you know, you're disappointed that you, you, you missed out on shooting 59. And he's like, nope. And... It's almost like um, they didn't believe him, and they said, "Oh no, surely you have to be like disappointed." And he's like, um, "No, I'm not. I'm here to win a tournament." <laughs> and they still—it's almost like they still didn't believe him that he was wasn't upset that he didn't shoot fifty nine. And you know, I think some of these reporters forget who who he is. Right? He, he's a guy that only five weeks ago. Shot 80, 80 at the memorial and missed the cut by like a piece. And he's just gone and blown away the field. I don't think he cares if he shoots 70 or 60. Um, as long as he's beating his opponents, it's all that matters to him and, and wins. And he's just torn out another one. So, so it's just, it's, so, yeah. and 11, 11 shots like that. That is an absolute, that's a nice kicking. And and they finished in the dark. It was it was like pitch black when they finished. They hit they hit yeah, the last. There's a wee there's a wee bit of slow, there's a wee bit of um, extreme slow play that was occurred during that one. And Dustin is um is not is um uh, not innocent in that. Where where does uh, DJ sit in the all time fan club of uh, Rocket? Is he is he in or out? Oh, I love DJ. Okay. I don't think he was on my um, my, my um, I can't remember my top ten list of um, of man crushes, but you know, we'll call it pre Brooks. Um, DJ was up there because he was just he just gave it a whack. He was just nonchalant. He, you know, you think of the collapse that he had in the, you know Norman S collapses. You know, he's leading the. 2010 US Open and shoots 82. Um, you know, he's, he got absolutely, absolutely stiffed on that stupid ruling at Whistling Straits on the 18th that cost him a shot, a spot in the playoff. Um, and he just went, eh, doesn't matter. And then he has, then he goes, you know, fast forward to 2015, three stabs the, the last at, um, at um, Chambers Bay. To, to to miss the playoff, had an eagle putt to win, a birdie putt to tie, um, and missed that, all from inside 12 feet, and he just didn't care. Or, no, not that he didn't care, he just realised that he just missed an opportunity and it was done and dusted and he moves on. So, and he's won a lot. And... You know, he's just a really good golfer. He's probably not... He doesn't great people like Brooks does, so that's why I like Brooks, because he's a needler. But, you know, I guess every villain needs to have his foil. DJ is Brooks's foil. He just also happens to win a lot more. Just not majors. Well, mate, he certainly backed that form up, and uh, he's backed up a couple of times recently, but he certainly backed it up not to get the ultimate glory, but Jeepers, Weepers. They gave it a good crack in, in uh, the BMW. The Western Open. 
<laughs> is there anything else from the Northern Trust that you need to need to advise us on? Were there any any bits that no. the, those that advise haven't already advised on? No, no, nothing of nothing of note. Well, we are we are now we are now at the official we are now at the official pointy end of this uh, FedEx uh, series. What do, you, what do you have a name for the FedEx? What's your name in the rocket names? Hashtag rocket names. We can. Well, I'm going to stick. The uh, guys from the Shotgun Star call it the Career Cup because it's a FedEx Cup. The Tour Championship, which is next week, I call the Net Club Championship because based on whatever harebrained idea they have is that the leader of the FedEx Cup points tally starts at 10 under and the person who's second starts at 8 and then it goes down through to you know different tiers to someone starts at even. So I think that might be to try and avoid the Billy Horschel factor or the um, even the Xander Shoffley factor. Xander's a good player, but he just had a, a streak in the shortest period of time and you know, winning the, the points is so loaded in, in the final event that you know, you can come from nowhere to win over someone who's probably had a better overall season. So, so, so have you come around to the net club championship as a concept? You know, like do no, it, no? Oh, right, no. So even though no. that's designed to avoid the Xander and the Billy factor, you you haven't come around to it that it that it weights the performance. The fact, the fact that the official golf world rankings will only assign points based on the gross scores of the players. So it's not on who wins the event, it's on the gross scores. Mm, it's not really aligned, is it? The concept of what they're trying to achieve versus the OWGRs. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, you know, DJ's got form, you know, because you had the amazing finish in the, uh, the Western Open between him and, and John Rahm. No. You'll never see that ever again. Never. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, we did. It was twice this year. Who forgets my man Cole? You forgot my man Cole already. He's draining bombs on yeah, top of bombs. But there was two. There was, there was like the, the bomb of DJ. You know, there's a hundred feet of putts in that alone, and then the the double bomb of Rambo. Like if you add the length of those two putts together, I'm going to say that you're not going to see two putts to force a playoff and then to win the tournament in the history of golf ever again. Oh, not like that, no. no. But it's still not like Cole because Cole rolled his bomb after JT rolled his bomb. Mm. That's clutch. Yeah, but maybe maybe I'm being cheeky just to get my man Cole in there. But um, no, it was awesome because you you know you got the Western Open um, being played at Olympia Fields, which is a classic um, classic course up in Chicago. Um, the first time it's hosted a men's tour event since the US Open in 2003, which was the Jim Furyk one. Stephen Leaney finished second. Uh, and everyone was 
pretty scared about it being a bit of a bomb fest. And it wasn't. It was dry. So the course played really firm. And the, and the beauty is that that um, PGA Tour didn't didn't interfere and, and get them to water the course to try and soften it up. So they let the course play firm and fast. And that showed in the scores. And it showed in the people that were um, you know, on the leaderboard. You know, because if you're a good ball striker and you can and golf your ball around, you, know, you were you were going to contend. Like you only have to look in, you know, Deki Matsuyama finished third, Joaquin Neiman, young fellow Tony Finau, Tony Finau. The fact that he finished fifth, you know, for the Western Open back in the early 1900s was classed a major, played like a major. Mm. Tony Finau was there and failed to win. Perfect as a major. Um, and the female the fina factor. <laughs> and then and then it was just there's lots of other little subplots and stories in there because you, you've got a field of seventy and you're trying to get it down, and people are trying to make it to that thirty. And there was one little bit, um, and we'll get to the dice and stuff near the end because we'll just save the best for last. But there was one component which was Mackenzie Hughes. Um, young guy on tour, he was watching the points board and he knew where he was and he's coming to the last hole and he knew he had to make par to make it into the 30. And then that might not sound like a lot, thinking, oh, you're just going to make it in the tour championship, but it's the things that come with it. You think about it with someone like Mackenzie Hughes, you're, you're outside the top 50 in the world. Oh, she might be inside the top 50, but it's the things that come with it. So you're inside... You make it to the Tour Championship. So first and foremost, you guarantee a lot of cash and the opportunity to make a lot more cash based on where you finish. Second of all, um, all of a sudden you get automatic invitations into all the WGCs. So there's four of them and they're no-cut events. So it's instant cash. You don't have to worry about a cut. Um, and so it's ranking points, FedEx cut points, almost like for free. And he's, he also, because of the... the what's happened with um, COVID this year um, that makes exceptions around um, if you finish in the, if you haven't won a tournament and you've, you've finished inside the top 30, I say finishing the 30, you're an automatic invite to the um, Tournament of Champions, which is the, the event in Hawaii in January. No cut, three points. You also get into all the majors, so he gets into all the majors, and I think he then also is automatic start into the players, um, uh, Bay Hill, and there's one other big one as well. So he's basically got an automatic start into all of these events, and there's a lot of those free cut, the no cut, free money, free points. So that can actually, if he makes the most of that, he can really set up his career for the longer term just by that, and then what makes it more interesting is that last hole. He's got a he strike one down the middle. He's had like seven iron in, seven eight iron into the into the green. Pin cut back right. He's pushed it, went into the bunker, and he's the pin's cut really tight, and he's hit this absolute peach of a bunker shot, and it was about four and a half five feet behind the hole downhill. Mate, anyone it, who watched the it was anyone who watched it was a sphincter quiverer. 
that part, that that final part. He, he, he called it. I think he called it dirty, slimy, cheesy downhiller, and you, you could see him grinding over it, right? And and there was a really good interview afterwards when he talked about, you know, he, and again, it's like the mental game stuff in terms of just focus on it. You know, you've practiced this. You've done this. He's like doing this reinforcement. I've made these. I've practiced these over and over again. It's like just trying to reinforce in his mind to just make it, make a stroke. I've done this over and over again. I've trained and I've practiced for this. Go ahead and make it. And you can see as it rolls in there, you can see how happy he was and how emotional he was because, as I said, all of those things that it affords him, that's a, that's, that's a possible career changer for the young man. So there's like these little tournaments within a tournament. Sure, you've got Ram and DJ battling out for the big bucks, you know, world number one and two in the world. But you've got this other guy, this little subplot, and and you can and you know that's that's the sort of stuff you, I want the tour. I wish they would show more of and 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 hone in more about these little little subplots and stories, stories within the stories. Um, so for me, the week. The, yes, the playoff was great, but just those little, little moments like that in a, in a young player's career who's trying to sort of make his way. You know, I love that sort of stuff. It's the heartstrings going. Bing bing. Did you get a little bit of a tear? Was there any little bit of a blob there for you when McKenzie? Oh, look, when you've had, yeah, I, I found it not quite, not quite, um, um, but it's very, I reckon if he teared up. I reckon I would have gone to blood because it's just because then you would see how much it means to someone. Um, and, sounds you know, sounds yeah. like sounds like to me, Rocket. Sorry to interrupt. That if we were rewriting the uh, Rocket Man Crush uh, top ten, you might get a, you might get a look in the top ten at the moment. <laughs> Maybe to the week. <laughs> I don't know what episode it was, listeners, but if you, uh, you know, somewhere back in the back catalogue, uh, it was about a year ago maybe. And when was it, start of the year? Yeah, anyway, we did it. We did do a Rocket Top 10 Man Crush and uh, it's quite interesting. I think it was after the restart. We just come back from the restart. There you go. And, I think uh, it was after Colin won the workday. It's quite informative anyway. Um, yeah, what a, what a, what a way to, to finish. Um, so who's your tip? Let's get to the pointy end. Who's your tip for the... Tour champ. I can't. I'm going to have to call it the tour championship. Your it's your job to call it the the, the net. net club championship. Who's your tip? Oh, field of thirty. Let's see who starts where. Um. So for the gross, the gross score. He's like, I reckon. Justin Thomas. So this is the player that this is the player that will shoot the lowest stroke the lowest score for the week. Yep, yep. I think Justin Thomas. Um, Remind me, is there a price for doing that? No, no. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I thought well, it was a, know, I, official, I, official go, uh, golf world ranking. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I thought it was the club, the club Saturday club competition. <laughs> Imagine, uh, so, imagine so, that. So, and the net the winner gross. is. <laughs> yeah, the gro- I think the gross is Justin. And I think the net. See, John Rahm's got a two-shot lead now. So 
I think Rambo's going to go back to back. Really? You don't think yeah. someone like uh, I'm not sure if Rory could do it, but you know, like last year where he where where he could do it, is there someone that's going to come out from the from the depths, you know, from six back, seven no, back? I think Rory's a little bit too far back, and yeah. his mind will not be his mind is not not on the golf course at the moment. Okay. Where's Rory's He's, mind? His wife's expecting. Oh, that's right. Um, I knew that. I knew. I, I knew that. Anyway. So. Yeah, that would be interesting. So Rambo, Rambo back to back, and JT for the uh, the stroke. What made it even more impressive about Rambo is that in the second second round, third round, can't remember which round it was. I think it was the second. I think he got, I, got I, a penalty for, for getting to mark his ball. How funny was that? Should have been two strokes. One for one for not forgetting to mark his ball, and one for being a PGA Tour player and, and having a monumental brain fade. <laughs> it was it no, was bizarre. I, I, would have, I, I, I would have I would have nearly given him half a stroke off because the fact that he stood there as he did it and just looked at his caddy and then looked at the official and then cook hauled them over <laughs> and just said whoops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're never going to get away with it. But uh, that's, that's both his wings have included penalties. Yeah, exactly right. So the the previous one, uh, which was a two shot penalty um, for yeah. for moving the ball and. In not a Lexi Thompson like fashion, um, that's the bizarre thing about that whole Lexi Thompson th- thing, where she prods he away got, at. I reckon it. he. I reckon John Brown got stiffed on that one because he, his was probably more should have been let off more than hers. Well, that's my point. That's my point. You know, like she prods away at the grass and flicks it away and does what you know shouldn't be done, and he. His ball moves like a millimeter, which on the slowest of slow motion, you know, you can see that the TaylorMade logo tilts, you know, a quarter of a degree on the axis. You, you know, it's imperceptible, but it, then he gets penalised. So, but, but you're right; both his wins have uh, included a comeback from a penalty. So, yeah, I think his swing's getting shorter too, by the way. But anyway, that's. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he gets a, gets his hands past his knees. It gives me. He he gives those of us that are. Thick in the legs and thick in the rear end and shortening our swings, he gives me hope, Rocket. That's all I can say. He just gives it a wallop. He just gives it a wallop. Love it. Um, but we, because the, the Western Open and it was Olympia Fields, we can't leave it without me talking about Bryson. Bryson, what happened with – it wouldn't be a Roscoe and Rocket without you panning Bryson. And, you know, some people are still coming back to me going, what is Rocket's problem with Bryson? I love him. People, people, people think you're a bit negative, a bit harsh on Bryson. Rocket. This was. It was just like this. This this man continues to deliver, and it's and it's. I don't even have to stretch for it. So, 2015 US Amateur that Bryson won was at Olympia Fields. So he's returning to the Olympia Fields for the first time. So then he's all excited. And the PGA Tour, so, you know, green keepers and stuff like that, or superintendents have their dogs. And so the PGA Tour did a whole um, media sort of spruik of Bryson returning and returning with um, his, like, omen, Trigger. Trigger the, the Labrador. What happened within at least 12 hours of uh, the whole story about, you know, Bryson being back to Olympia Fields and hanging out with Trigger as a good omen is that... Um, we'll call it uh, Doggate, is that uh, Trigger 
was not the dog that Bryson was referring to because Trigger was not born in 2015. Trigger was born in 2017, so it wasn't the right dog. And apparently the other dog um, either was from another greenkeeper or uh, had passed away or might have been the uh, father of Trigger. Rocket, I'm, I, I'm, I might even have a sound for this. I might even have a sound for this. I might even have a sound. No expense spared, no expense spared here on the sound effects here at the My Love of Golf podcast, people. Don't worry about that. How did you find, how did you find that out? How did you know that? Because all the people that get the stuff on the ground – they were reporting it, inside words and stuff like that. So you had like your um, Will Knight, who's a who's one of the content guys for um, the Fried Egg that works with works for Andy Johnson. Yeah, he was getting uh, on the ground intel that uh, Trigger. Um, here's a photo of Trigger. <laughs> he found it on some other social media account. Here's a photo of Trigger from 2017. You can see he's a pup. <laughs> so it just it it just it blew up, and then what made it better? So the wind. So the one thing I'm liking about the because the, there's no pro-ams. The one thing I'm liking about um, what the PGA Tour are doing is they're doing these little nine-hole competition events. So you had on the Wednesdays you had the, the SoCal boys. So you had Max Homer, Colin Morikawa versus Kevin Nah and and um, and Bryson. So you had um, SoCal versus Sluggo. Um, the fact that Kevin Nair is actually faster than, than Bryson is quite alarming. Um, then the best thing about the audio is two things happened, and it was and um, it was Max that, that did both of these. So I think they were on like about the third hole, and they're walking down, and they're in Chicago. So anyone that knows enough about Chicago, they're massive around the, the, the pizza, right? There's a couple like. Um, pizza places that are really particular and they're really particular about their pizza. And, and um, Max says to Bryce, he said, hey, what's your, what's your favourite pizza? Like, we're in Chicago, right? He said, so is it normal normal or deep pan pizza and which one is the best for maximum gains? And the worst thing is that the PGA Tour cut away from that, went to some, I don't know, they went to like some ad. So they didn't even leave the mics running to hear the audio and hear Bryson's actual response to Max Homer asking which one was the best pizza for maximum gains. And because, like, I was crying, laughing, watching this one. So we didn't get to hear the end of that one. But then what made it even better is about three holes later, a short path, par three, and um, Bryson was up to hit. And, and Max goes, come on, Bryson. Do it for trigger, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm dying, I'm dying, and I'm pretty sure Bryson's not getting what Max is doing. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm. It was just, it's just great content. And then the last amazing bit of content that was released from a couple of the players. So apparently, Bryson has been doing a lot of studying of players who have had. Um, 
children, so when they've had children, so their first child or second child and stuff like that, he's been tracking their win ratio post-child and apparently the win ratio is abnormally high. (laughs) (laughs) He keeps giving me so much content. I love this man. Oh, dear. Rocket, uh... (laughs) If it probably if it wasn't Bryson and the, and the trigger gate happened, it probably wouldn't have even got a mention on this podcast. But just the fact that it just falls into your lap, you get free you get a free shot at it. And uh, for the, for those that, for those that are on your side of the persuasion uh, of the Bryson camp will enjoy, and then those that uh, are the Bryson pro camp, you know they might uh, be challenged by 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 it rocket, but. It's great reporting from you to bring that up because I didn't. I I saw the trigger stuff, but I just glossed over it because I was Bryson, yeah, whatever. But uh, I didn't actually know that rocket. So well done, great reporting. (laughs) Oh, laugh at my own stuff. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's why they love you. God help you if they let you go and report on COVID, rocket. That (laughs) jeez. Hey, um, well, unless there's anything else, I think we might uh, wrap it up on that uh, rocket. So, Net Club Championship, interesting thing is that very quickly after that, so we're going to have to have a big episode, smaller episodes, because keep an eye on everything, but at the same time, we're gonna, the US Open is, think about this, because everything's thrown out the door, US Open in, in, a, in a couple of weeks, Mighty Wingfoot. Mm, yes. I encourage anyone to go and have a look at some of the videos that have been posted by from the Fried Egg um, podcast and interviewing with um, Gil Hans talking about the restoration of Wingfoot cannot wait because what he has done to restore the Wingfoot greens is nothing short of just epic, epic. I was uh, chatting on the Instagrams the other night with Lucas from Shell who, as you know, is playing at the US Open at Wingfoot, who's already in the States doing some uh, preparatory work. May have been hanging out with Mike DeVries uh, at his place and playing some unbelievable golf. Go and check out where Lucas is playing. But uh, but it'll be good fun. It'll be good fun to see young Lucas at uh, Wingfoot and see what he's what that young man's capable of. He's a massive architecture obviously works with Mike Clayton now, so a massive architecture guy, but um, he's over there having a great time. Looking forward to seeing as Lucas. He would, as he would. Looking forward to seeing Lucas at Wingfoot and Will Jeff get a game? Does, no, Jeff. Will Jeff – is Jeff playing? No. No, because he would have to qualify because, yeah. they, you know, US Open, they don't give you a lifetime exemption. But even in the masters, even in the in the COVID sort of era, you know, like the, you know, the, the Sophia Popov sort of story type thing, no, not going to happen? Oh, uh, the USGA would have had to have given, um, like, a special exemption – which I think actually would have, you know, I think sometimes with this sort of stuff, I think they should. Um, actually, it's still going to be, you know, we'll talk about it when we get closer to that, but Lefty. Oh, the other thing we forgot, Lefty played his first Champions Tour event mm. and blitzed them. Yep. It's probably going to get as, as much coverage on the podcast as it got in uh, in the sports channel news. Uh, didn't get didn't get a lot, maybe a little bit, but uh, yeah, no, it was great. It was good. I knew you'd be a fan. Sixty one got a free drop out of the t- uh, out of the uh, tree roots too. 
Sean Pace for lefty. Did you see that? Which one? He got a free drop. Once again, another stat from the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Go over and check out Blakey's YouTube channel. Go and check the podcast out. It's good stuff if you're into golf rules, and many people are, so I'm learning. But uh, he got a free drop. He was up against the buttress of a, one of the big trees. And, yeah. and what, they yeah. have, what they have over there is earth wire uh, around the tree. So if they get a lightning strike, it instead of exploding the tree, it earths down into the earth. And if the earth wire is attached to the tree you and you're affected by it, well, I don't know why you would. If it was attached, you no relief. But the earth wire had come away from the tree and was inter- it was touching touching him. So his backside was up against the tree and the ball was in, in the buttress of the tree, r- rooted, so to speak. Um, yeah, so he got, a fr- he got a relief. He got relief out of it. Played the drive, play, play, and played a driver um, off the pine straw up onto the green. It was great. But, yeah, the, wi- the wire had come away from the tree. It was touching him and he got relief from it. There you go. But, yeah, I, you, you said that he wasn't going to go and play in the Champions Tour. I but didn't think he would, but I think it's the um, – Because he hadn't qualified, um, hadn't qualified for the thing, did you? Yeah, because he just wants – and he was, like, hoping about it. He goes, like, I just need reps. So, you know, <laughs> just need reps. Uh, Phil, I just need rest. Phil, calf condo. Rocket, let's wrap it up. Done. Very good. We are going to try and, and do this more frequently so the Rocket Man gets more airtime and maybe do it a little bit more succinctly and, and shorter, sharp, sharper vignettes of uh, Rocket's rap with a Roscoe and Rocket, and we might do it more regularly. So whether that means we go to a couple of episodes a week sort of thing, we'll try and see what happens. But um, once again, great catching up with you, mate. Thanks for your insights. Thanks for your, your wit and your humour and everything that you bring to and your research and everything else. People love it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. No problems, mate. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please go over and uh, leave us a review over at iTunes. That'd be a great thing. It helps this podcast get into the ears of as many people as we can. Any feedback, any questions, anything you want to hear about or see, do, touch or feel, let me know. See if we can make it happen. Thanks for listening. And until next time on the My Love of Golf podcast, it's Roscoe and Rocket. We'll see you next time.